I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. Welcome back to R.A.P. Diets. We have a banger of an episode for you. We are going to start it off today with some very exciting food news. If you're not sitting down right now, you might want to sit down for this. Subway is permanently adding to its menu a foot-long cookie. And for National Cookie Day, which I didn't know this, but National Cookie Day is today when this episode comes out, December 4th. They are giving them out for free in select stores. So you need to look this up. If you're listening to this on Monday, look up your local Subway if they're giving out foot-long cookies today. I will certainly be looking to see which New York subways are giving out these cookies because I would love a free footlong cookie. But the real exciting nature to this news is that they've actually done these footlong cookies in the past in honor of National Cookie Day. Once again, had no idea that this day existed, but people were so into the footlong cookies obviously, that they are now permanently adding them to their menu. So you can actually enjoy a foot-long cookie whenever you please. I feel like there were so many times in my life that a foot-long cookie would have solved all my problems that day. So I'm kind of sad for my younger self, like my uh, maybe 21 through 28-year-old Emily. I feel like there were a lot of days when the perfect pick-me-up would have been a Subway footlong cookie. But you never know. I might have some times in the future when I really need a footlong cookie and I know where to get them now. So that is our food news for today. I I'm so happy to be reporting it in such a timely manner. If you're listening to this on Monday, once again, call your local Subway and see if they're giving out these footlong cookies for free. It sounds like the perfect thing to boost your spirits on a Monday. And this is just a side note, but I love finding out about all these random national holidays that I never knew existed. I mean, there's a donut day, there's a burger day, there's a fries day, there's a pickle day, there's... Every day you can think of, and what a great excuse to enjoy a nice treat that you might otherwise not think to get that day. Any excuse to go get a little treat? Why the fuck not? So that is our food news today, and for the bulk of this episode, I will be doing a deep dive into a brand that I knew was bad. I knew was problematic. I knew they were not the best place to be buying clothes from, but I am ashamed to say I have been buying clothes from them for a little bit, but no more, no more. I am breaking up with this brand and I'm about to tell you what a God awful company this is. And that company is Brandy Melville. I gave you guys a little teaser last week, and I'm really excited to get into this. This was a truly educational experience for me preparing for this episode. I'm just going to get right into it. So 
Over the years, I've been very vocal about unlearning diet culture, about trying to be an ally for my fat friends and for the fat people of the world, trying to make peace with my formerly fat self and healing from body image issues that I've had my entire life. And anyway, along the way, Part of that education for me has been learning what brands are size inclusive, what brands are not size inclusive, why certain brands choose not to be size inclusive, um, and what actually goes into making a brand size inclusive. It's a never ending education for me because this is something that we're seeing in real time. Now that fat acceptance and just body diversity has become more of a hot button issue, something that more people are aware of and something that more consumers find to be important. More and more brands are branching out and extending their sizing or at least attempting to, which I'm really happy to see. But we still have some brands that are out there that are extremely exclusive. And it seems that part of their mission is to kind of be exclusive. Now, for those of you who don't know anything about Brandy Melville, the brand is giving Visco Girl, 2010's Tumblr Girl, kind of a uh, skater girl, California aesthetic. And they, they do evoke very much for me like an old school Abercrombie and Fitch, the type of clothes that are so basic, but that you want to be seen in to appear cool when you're a teenager. That's the kind of feeling that these clothes give off. Brandy Melville is an interesting company, and I've learned a lot. They have a very interesting marketing technique. They don't do any advertisements. They have a very popular Instagram account, and it's clear to me looking at the Instagram that the aesthetic they're going for is very haphazard, very, I shot this on my iPhone of my friend. Um, They're not professional pictures and they don't seem to use actual professional models. Um, If they are, then they're just doing a very good job making it seem like these are regular girls. And the aesthetic is very much attainable, but it's just barely attainable. Like it seems like a way that you could dress potentially, but all these basics cost, you know, 40 bucks a piece. So if we were to actually add up the entire outfit, it's like a $200 outfit, but it looks like something that you could have put together from clothes at Walmart potentially and just made it look really stylish and effortless. It also becomes very clear looking at the Instagram that all of the people that they choose to model the clothing are skinny white girls. You will see the occasional person of color, but you need to scroll down like 50 posts to see one person of color. Most of the models and also most of the employees who work in these stores are very young. They hire girls as young as 14, and they are mostly thin, white, and the majority of them are blonde. So it's very much giving like if you want to be pretty and cool, you need to be able to wear these clothes. And the store has become very well known for their one size fits most clothing. It used to be labeled as one size fits all, but I believe that was changed after people pointed out that one size, in fact, does not fit all. In fact, 
many people will change it to one size fits small because the default size in the store is small, medium. You know, there are some oversized pieces that I would say are more of a medium, but definitely not anything bigger than that. In reality, the one size at Brandy Melville fits approximately a zero to a six. I would say that's the median range of the people that can shop in this store. And if you're a size six, you could fit into some of the clothing, but definitely not all of it. Um, You'd be squeezing into some of it. So for years, you know, they've been criticized for their one size clothing and it makes a lot of people mad. And it also makes a lot of young girls feel like they're not pretty and they're not cool because they can't fit into this clothing that is labeled one size fits most. I'll tell you how I was introduced to Brandy Melville as an adult. I never shopped there when I was a teenager. I actually was in Buffalo Exchange one day and I was looking for sweatpants and I found these really cute pink sweatpants. And I loved these sweatpants so much. I then removed them, looked at the tag and saw that it was Brandy Melville. And I didn't know much about the brand at all. All I knew was that they were famous for this one size fits all clothing. And I just assumed that I could never fit into the clothing. I assumed that this store was for little girls. So I never even attempted to shop there. But after I found these sweatpants, I slowly but surely became addicted to their sweatpants. And I now own a few pairs of their sweatpants. And I'm so ashamed to say this, but the reason why I liked these sweatpants, and I honestly, if I'm being completely transparent, I still like them and I still wear them, is because of the one size fits all. It's a weird kind of connection that I made in my brain when I was thinking about this episode. But um, the reason why I like these sweats is the very reason why people criticize the brand. It's because I don't have to think about the size. And that is coming from a place of thin privilege. And I completely recognize that. But I'm just being upfront that that's the reason why I keep going back for these sweatpants. When I'm shopping online, it drives me crazy trying to figure out my size, looking at size charts, measuring myself. I could spend hours reading reviews from different people. Uh, One person says, oh, these run huge. And then the next person says these run so small, order two sizes up. And the mental math is so hard for me. And it's more time than I would like to spend thinking about my body and thinking about how something will fit me. So I was really drawn to the fact that I liked these sweatpants. I knew how they were going to fit. And there was only one size to choose from. So I just kept buying them over and over again. But then every time I would wear them, And people would ask me, where are those from? And I would say, Brandy Melville. People would roll their eyes. And I eventually was like, I need to learn more about this brand because it seems to turn a lot of people off. And that was the impetus for this episode. So let me give you some background information about this company. It's really quite fascinating. So Brandy Melville is actually an Italian company, and they launched in the U.S. in 2009. So they've been around for a little while. The CEO's name is Stephen Marzen, and he is 
extremely problematic. I had absolutely no idea. He has come under fire recently for running quite a toxic work environment and being a straight up creep. I read this article from Insider and you can look up this article. It was an expose about the company and about different lawsuits that have been filed against the company. Former Vice President Luca Rotondo actually sued the brand and exposed a lot of Stephen Marsen's toxic behavior. So apparently, Stephen Marsen would require the store manager to take full body photos of all the employees so that Stephen could approve of how they look that day. And he would review their outfit and the way their bodies looked in the clothes and give his thoughts. These, again, are employees as young as 14 years old. So he was giving his thoughts on whether a 14-year-old was too heavy. And Luca Rotondo stated that if a girl looked too heavy, and that's in quotes, Stephen would often demand that she be fired. Luca actually said that Stephen one day demanded a girl be fired because she, quote, looked like crap. And Luca provided a screenshot. And um, it's hilarious because it's all in Italian. But apparently, Mr. Marsen said that she looks like crap. She needs to be fired. The management of the company also has been known to institute store-wide diets if they visited the store and they thought the employees were too heavy. So there's that. A lot of the employees at Brandy Melville have stated that they developed eating disorders because of these store-wide diets and because they were so anxious every day that they were being judged for how they looked in the clothing. Okay, by the way, I keep saying Stephen, and I just realized it might be Stefan. He is Italian. Um, so Stephen, Stefan, whatever his fucking name is. It seems that he very intentionally wants to make the brand very exclusive. A former store owner named Franco Corgi, he owned a store based in Canada. He revealed to Insider that Marzen told him it would damage the brand's image if too many black or fat women were seen wearing the clothes, which he described as delicate and feminine. And that is very coded language, by the way. That is basically straight up saying that uh, black women cannot be delicate or feminine and that fat women can't be delicate or feminine, which is blatantly untrue and very, very ignorant. He also straight up said that he would rather the brand be catered exclusively to rich, white little girls. Okay, Franco Corgi, who owned that store in Canada, also claimed that the executives would come in to visit the store, and they commented at one point that there were too many Indian people and people of color working in the store, and they referred to the customers as ghetto, which is also coded language for black and poor. Delightful, honestly. A former black employee in the New York City store also stated that she lost her job because they claimed that they didn't have the funds to pay her. However, they hired two new women to work there who were both white. And that was the day before she was fired. Five former employees also stated that they would only give the black employees either night shifts or shifts when they were severely understaffed and didn't have a choice. Okay, now this is where we start getting into very dark territory, no pun intended. 
this is when it crosses the line between body shaming to overt racism. And this is actually disgusting. Like, I was sick to my stomach reading this. So Stephen Marsden would allegedly text the staff inappropriate images of racist memes and body shaming memes. And a lot of the employees have claimed that they felt pressured to participate in these chats and that they didn't have a choice and that they would be rewarded if they kind of played along and sent back similar racist memes and stuff like that. Basically, he would reward the staff or look more highly upon them if they participated in these toxic chats. So there are a lot of issues with the way that this company has been run. I mean, clearly people who worked for the brand were not okay with it, but they kind of just had to go along with it because this is what the CEO wanted. He wanted this air of exclusivity. He wanted this brand to only be worn by rich white girls who were also very, very thin. And he doesn't want other people to be able to wear the clothes. So this is all really disgusting. But another issue is that if you go into the store, and I actually went into a store because I had only ever purchased these clothes online. I had never actually been into a store. Oh my God, you guys. I've been reading about people's experiences going into the store, feeling alienated by the employees, feeling like they don't belong. And I had to experience this for myself. So I went into a very popular branch, which is the Soho branch in New York City. And it was the strangest experience I've ever had shopping at a retail store. First of all, the employees act like they cannot be bothered to help you with anything. They are the least helpful employees. And I don't know if that's because they're very young girls, so they just don't have a lot of experience. Or it could also be because they're only hired because of the way they look. I don't think that the store really values the customer's experience at all. I think they're really only focused on the facade and really only focused on having pretty thin girls in the store that can wear the clothes and kind of show you what a brandy girl is supposed to look like. I was in this store and this store was the least well-organized store I've ever been in. Things were all over the place. Likes were not with likes. Similar colors were not with the similar colors. It was crazy. It was kind of like There's an episode of Friends where Monica goes shopping for a wedding dress and um, she brings Rachel and Phoebe to find one particular dress because they're having some kind of sale in this wedding dress store. So they go in and she gives the girls whistles and she ends up wrestling a woman to the ground and holding up the dress so that one of her friends can snatch it from her. And she like blows the whistle. It's very aggressive. This is kind of what this store reminded me of. It was pure chaos. People were grabbing things off of racks. They didn't know what they were reaching for, but they were kind of like pushing people out of the way. It was very crowded. I should not have gone there on a Saturday. But the employees were just standing around seemingly doing nothing. And just generally looking very disinterested. I asked somebody at one point if a sweater came in a different color and she 
straight up turned around and walked the other way. She didn't answer my question. She just disappeared. It was bizarre. I felt like I was in an episode of The Twilight Zone. And then at one point, I see this rack that's just in the middle of the store. And it has a bunch of stuff on it. So I go over to the rack and I'm looking through the rack. And this employee is standing on the other side of the rack. I don't know if she's trying to move the rack somewhere. I don't know what she's doing there. She's just standing there. So I'm kind of sifting through the rack. And she just starts pushing the rack while I'm looking through clothes on it. She just <laughs> she just starts pushing it to the other side of the store and essentially like pushes me out of the way with the rack and doesn't say a word to me. She has that bored, looking off into the distance, disinterested look on her face that seems to be the uniform for the Brandy Melville employees. And I just stood there bewildered, like, okay. I, I mean, if she had asked me to get out of the way or said, hey, I need to go put these clothes back on the walls or something, I, I would have said fine. But she literally said nothing to me, just started pushing the rack away while I was looking through the clothes that were on it. So fucking bizarre. And this is pretty much on par for what other people have experienced in the store. It seems very clear that this brand and all the individual stores are perpetuating the idea that if you don't fit into the clothes or if you don't fit into that stereotypical brandy girl, then you're not worthy, you're not pretty, you're not cool, you might as well be shopping at Sears. We only carry sizes one, three, and five. You could try Sears. Now, despite the fact that this is a horrible, exclusive, disgusting, racist brand, it has a cult following. I mean, there are a lot of girls who are obsessed with Brandy Melville. It's very similar to old school Abercrombie. It's like the only store that they'll shop in. It's kind of a, a culty brand. And I'm using the term culty loosely, but I think we all know what that means when I say that. I did a deep dive on the Brandy Melville Reddit, and there are girls on that Reddit that are obsessed with Brandy Melville to the point where they will be looking for clothes that the brand doesn't even sell anymore, like vintage Brandy Melville. And on resale sites, some of these clothes are marked up like 200%. They will be selling a Brandy Melville embroidered sweatshirt, like something that probably cost, I don't know, $5 to make, they will be selling it for like $200. It's insane. People go nuts for Brandy Melville. I also read a little bit of different people's opinions on the problematic nature of the company. And there are a lot of people who say it's fine that they only have small sizes. It seems that there are a lot of people who think that there's nothing wrong with this brand, only catering to small sizes. And I've seen a lot of people make the argument like, what is the difference between having this store and having a store that sells plus sizes but doesn't sell anything in my size? What is the difference between that? And I've been thinking about it a lot. Like, is there anything inherently wrong with a store only having small sizes? Just like there are stores that only have plus sizes. This is what I think about it, okay? And this is just one man's opinion. But plus size stores exist because plus sizes have not 
historically been sold in many traditional clothing stores. So a plus size store is a place where somebody who cannot shop in traditional clothing stores will go because that's the only place that they can find their size, right? However, pretty much all clothing stores have clothes in size small. So a store like this isn't really needed and you don't really need a store to cater exclusively to small sizes because those sizes are available in pretty much every clothing store. I mean, I can't think of one clothing store that's not a plus size store that doesn't have size small or extra small. It really seems to be size exclusive on purpose as part of this aspirational aesthetic of the brand. Also, it's not a petite store. It's just selling small sizes. It's not sizes that are not readily available in other stores. It doesn't fulfill the same need as a petite brand or a plus size brand, which are selling sizes that are not available to everybody. I also read this comment on one of the Reddit discussions that I thought was very astute. This person wrote, Brandy is for small girls. My problem is that they market it as one size fits all instead of one size fits small. How they market their clothes makes it feel like if you don't fit, you're the problem. It's okay to have a petite clothing store, but don't market it as if everyone should be able to fit into your stuff if that's the case. Okay, well, I will reiterate that it's not a petite clothing store. It's not for, you know, when when we say petite in fashion, we're talking about height. We're talking about short. Um, we're not talking about skinny. And this really is for skinny girls. A lot of the clothes actually fit tall skinny girls better. And a lot of short girls actually claim that their pants and stuff are too long for them. So we can't claim that this is a petite store, but I did agree with the rest of the comment that you should not market something as one size fits all if one size actually doesn't fit the vast majority of the population, which is the case. It also personally makes me sad that teenagers would be obsessed with this brand, just like in the mid 2000s, we were obsessed with Abercrombie and they would go into the store and not all the clothing will even fit a teenager. Not all teenagers are teeny tiny. Not all teenagers wear a size extra small or a small. In fact, I looked it up and the average teenage girl wears a size medium to a large. So not every young girl will fit into this brand. So we can't even market it as that. You can't even market it as a kid's clothing store, a teen clothing store, because even those stores carry a bigger size range. So this store is just small for the sake of being small. And this brings me to like my personal torment when it comes to this store. It's like, There are people who know the problematic nature of this brand, who know the history, and I'm one of these people. Now I know the history, but I'm like, I still like the clothes. There's still something in me that like, I like these little tank tops with the little doilies and the little bows. I like these little details on the clothing. I like the way they fit. I like the sweatpants. Can I still buy these clothes if I do not support the brand's mission? The decision that I have personally made is if I like the clothes, then I can buy them secondhand at the very least. Don't support this company and don't give them your money. This is a terrible fucking company. But if you must buy the clothes, 
go on Poshmark, go on Depop, go on ThreadUp. There are so many resale sites and apps where people are dying to get rid of these clothes. They are readily available. They're just all over the place and you can actually get them for cheaper in some cases. You can buy them and wear them without supporting the brand and without giving the brand your money. I would strongly urge you guys to not support this brand because it's a fucking god awful trash fire of a brand. I even think that this brand would improve so much and would actually have more reach if they had two sizes. If they had, you know, a size small to medium and then they had a size large to extra large. And again, that is not size inclusive, but that would at least give a little more wiggle room to the people who want to wear these clothes, but simply can't. But obviously, in my dream universe, they would expand their size range. They really are doing this on purpose because they want to perpetuate this thin ideal that we've been seeing in fashion since forever, since I've been alive at least. And it's really not okay. It shouldn't be okay in the year 2023. But once again, if you like these clothes and you want to wear these clothes, I understand because I like the clothes too. I would love to see them expand their size range, but it doesn't seem like they are headed in that direction. We need to boycott this fucking store because they are so, so terrible. And it can be so easy, especially if you're straight size, to put your blinders on and be like, well, I can shop here. So since this doesn't affect me, I'm still going to buy their clothes. Don't do that. Just don't do that. I, I am making a New Year's resolution since New Year's is coming up to not buy clothes from this brand anymore. I had no idea they were as horrible as they are. I really didn't. I kind of had my blinders on. So I'm not doing that anymore. I am just so turned off by everything that I've learned about Brandy Melville. It just really frosts my cookies that this brand exists and that they're perpetuating these beauty standards that I want so badly to die and they're just not dying. And just to think of the young girls that would go in a brandy store and feel like they don't belong there. And they're so willing to spend their money on these clothes, but they can't. And, you know, I've even heard stories about employees looking people up and down, seemingly judging them for even wanting to try on the clothes. It's just disgusting. It's really just so gross. So, Anyway, this is my manifesto of sorts. I am breaking up with this god-awful brand, and you guys should too if you shop there. Anyway, guys, I'm going to link that insider article as well as anything else that I think you might enjoy reading on the matter in the show notes. And I would love to hear your guys' experience with this brand if you have had negative experiences in the store. I mean... I've been hearing some horror stories and it's really just shocking that none of this has come to light until very, very recently. They've just been operating under this retrograde management system for years and years. And it seems to really not be positive for anybody involved, including the people who work there. And so this is kind of a a tangent, but I did an episode and I can't remember what episode it was, but I spoke in an earlier season about the brand Lululemon and Lululemon is 
one of those brands that was extremely size exclusive. They used to inflate their sizes or deflate. I don't really know the proper term for it, but if you went into the store and let's say you were a size eight, like a standard size eight, then in Lululemon clothing, you would be a size 12. Like they would change the sizing in an effort to kind of make it look like they had more sizes, but they only wanted skinny people to be wearing that brand. And the CEO of Lululemon made certain comments about their leggings because um, they sold a bunch of leggings that were pilling on like the second wear. They were pilling in the thighs. And he said something like, well, our clothes aren't made for everybody. Like you shouldn't wear the clothes if your thighs rub together. Like something really fat phobic and disgusting like that. And they came under fire. A lot of attention was drawn to the negative impact of that brand and the fact that a lot of people would go into that store and feel invisible because they couldn't buy anything from that store. And they have since expanded their size range. And whether that was truly in an effort to cater to more people and to make more people feel like they belonged in their store. I I don't know if it was because of that or just because of the pushback and to make themselves look good. But anyway, now they have a whole range of plus size clothing, which I'm very happy about. It's probably not even as expansive as I think. I'm looking at it now and it seems like they go up to a size 20. So better than they were doing before. Which, I mean, sometimes that's all that you can ask is that they start to expand their size range and then hopefully in the future they will expand it even more. But this is all to say that I don't think a brand can't come back from this, but they need to make an effort. They need to make an effort to expand their size range so that people don't feel excluded shopping at their store. It's really a horrible practice to limit your sizes like that. And Brandy Melville is so egregious. I mean, it really only fits up to a size six. I'm, I am I will say maybe a size eight if I'm being generous. And that's simply not good enough in 2023. So again, I would love to hear your thoughts. You can slide into my DMs at Lubination or the Instagram for the podcast is RIP Diets, or you can email me at ripdiets at gmail.com. And until next week, peace, love, RIP Diets. Uh-huh.